0: All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast. I have missed you dearly, but it's worth the wait because I am back with Tatiana O'Hara, professional edge snatcher, um, team operations guru. Welcome, Tatiana. Thank you so much. That was an incredible introduction. (laughs) Because it's so true, because everybody I know that works with you they literally need to take a nap like afterwards because they feel like their brains are going to explode. Right. So I just want the people to get prepared that they are like, lay down. Don't, don't listen to this episode while you drive. Just have a seat and grab a notebook because it's about to get serious. I'm here for it. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm here for it. I love it. So for anyone who does not know you, will you intro yourself a little bit? Give us a little backstory on how you became the team operations guru.
1: Yes, absolutely. So again, my name is Tatiana and I got to where I was now by starting in corporate. So, um, I studied operations in college and then I started as a district manager for a popular grocery chain right out of college. So I'm 21, 22 years old, managing five stores, $5 million in monthly budgets, Um, I've hired over a hundred people. Um, and I was directly responsible for essentially managing the day-to-day operations of the stores. And so the way that I did that, the way that I had to make sure that my stores were getting results was by learning how to lead my managers so that they could then lead their teams better. Um, so yeah, I did that for about four years and, I always knew that I was going to be an entrepreneurship. I've always had a bunch of little side gigs going on, but um, at the time I was coaching people online, but it was more so like, this is how you start a business. And I realized that there was a really big gap, like the same things that my managers were struggling with are essentially the same things that we struggle with as entrepreneurs, right? Like we know how to run our business or they knew how to run their stores, but when it was time to do it on a bigger level, when it was time to scale and we had to bring more people into the mix, there's this confusion of like, wait a second, how do I run my business with other people? Like I've never had to lead people or select talent or that kind of thing. So yeah, I brought my talents online and now my goal is to really just bridge the gap between you know, the structure of corporate and the overall flexibility of entrepreneurship. I
0: think that is um, a market that must be untapped because here I am in my, who knows, year of entrepreneurship. I've introduced, or excuse me, interviewed 50 or so entrepreneurs. No one is talking about how to scale, not money. We all talk about how to scale, you know, our bottom line. No one's talking about how to scale regarding building a team. No one talks about this. Like, it's, is is it a secret? (laughs) You know, I dropped out of college. Do they talk about this in college? And I just missed that day. Right. No. Discussing this. Not Not at all. No everyone I, I know is a solopreneur.
1: I remember when I was really trying to like nail down my messaging around this, I had reached out to a couple of people like in the industry that I really look up to, um, sales coaches, business coaches, whatever. And I would ask them like, are you learning about this kind of stuff? And they would tell me like, well, this comes up in my really high level masterminds, but it's usually just like, a topic that we have one time, like there's no real curriculum around it. So I even, you know, at this point now I have a program. It's called Grindaholics Anonymous, and the program is literally six months dedicated to learning how to build your team. Um, and you're right, it is feeling a really big gap in the industry because everyone is teaching you how to sell. Everyone's teaching you how to make more money. Everyone's teaching you how to have these big launches and sell out your programs and your courses and stuff. But it's like, okay, but then what? Like, how do I manage that? Like, how do I make sure my business doesn't eat me alive and I'm not working, you know, 10, 15 hours a day, which is the reality for a lot of people. So yeah, girl, it's you the
0: gyms already. I told you, and that's just a big takeaway. Get Rich Crew is that stop thinking that everything under the sun has been done stop thinking that there is nowhere and no space that exists for you and your brand like look at tatiana entrepreneurship has been a thing since the beginning of time and now she's finding a market where things have not been oversaturated there isn't enough people discussing this um on the scale that she's doing it so just take that away just look for spaces and opportunities where people are underserved, and you will always, always be successful. Okay, so I've got a ton of questions for you, but before we get too deep into them, I need the get drunk cocktail of the week. I know it is high noon, but I live in Miami, okay? So we have a beverage at any time. Do you have Something that you like to tap into to unwind from snatching people's eyebrows all
1: day. <laughs> I love a good Moscow Mule. Ooh, okay. A classic. A classic. Yeah. And I, sometimes like I'll, I'll have it with like a flavored vodka if they have that,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: vodka, ginger beer, and lime juice. It's it really simple, amazing. You know,
0: my boy Abu, shout out to Abu on his episode. That was his beverage. He really was a Moscow <laughs> Mule type of guy. So see. These high level genius people, <laughs> they like the Moscow Mule. Y'all don't have to be out here ordering strawberry Hennessy mojitos. <laughs> the, the people with the seven figure business, because they drinking, my, you know what? I'm about to make the switch. Like, oh I'm God. done. You smart people? Okay, I
1: know. Yep, I done found a hack, y'all. <laughs> oh my goodness. Look, because sometimes you'll find a drink that you really like, right? And then you go to a bar and you try to order it, and they're like, oh, well, we don't have that one ingredient. We don't, but you can get a Moscow Mule everywhere you anywhere. go. Anywhere
0: True story. Okay, I love it. Let's dive into these questions, babe. Right. So, a lot of us, like me, are solopreneurs, meaning we are the alpha, the omega, and the damn intern. I'm everybody. Uh, why do you think so many millennial entrepreneurs go the solo route and then and stay solopreneurs?
1: Mm-hmm. So, I think it's twofold. One, I think that we look at the cost of having someone on our team as just like this huge like a question mark, like, am I going to get a return on this investment? Are they going to be helpful? I don't even know what I would delegate to somebody. So we just kind of do it ourselves. Right. So I think that's one part, but then I think the bigger part of it is when you log on to social media, to the, to the internet, right? right. When we talk about entrepreneurship, there's a lot of like, do it yourself, make it scrappy, like figure it out on your own, um, watch the YouTube videos. So there's this narrative being pushed on us that like, we have to figure things out on our own. And I think a lot of us adopt this like almost mentality, not intentionally, but we adopt this mentality that like struggle is a rite of passage in business. Like we have to struggle through the beginning phases and we can't have a team until we're making, you know, $20,000 a month. When in reality, you could probably make $20,000 a month a lot quicker if you had expert level support on your team. So I think those are probably like the two biggest things is like- One, I don't know if I can trust somebody and I don't know if I want to spend that much money. And then two, like, I feel like I'm supposed to do this by myself. Like I want to figure it out before I hire other people.
0: I think that is so accurate. And I never even thought of it that way, but you're hundred percent right. It's this hustle culture. It's this, uh, grind till you die team, no sleep. Right. With the YouTube university that our generation has access to it's like well why would you pay somebody to help you do it when you could just google it or you could just figure it out yourself you know i'm from the school of i don't want to lean in i want to lie down okay i want to go take a nap and make the same amount of money that's why i'm a drop shipper like you know i love jance jance is my baby mama Mm -hmm. how she deals with all that inventory is beyond (laughs) pay pay me to be the middleman. i am more of the work Smarter, not harder crew. And that's why I am team Tatiana, because if you can show me, even if, like you said, even if you make the same amount of money, right. you could make it quicker and you can have a better quality of life. Like, guys, there's no point in making all this money and you're working yourself into an early grade. Like, what what are you doing it for if you can't enjoy it? So I think that is a major, major key. Um, I once read a stat that said 96% of Black businesses are owned by just one person wow. which just hurt my, 96% are owned by just one person which just really hurt my feelings only because I feel like you get somewhere faster together you get somewhere faster with help um what would you say is holding us back from hiring help is it just that concept of like we have to do everything ourselves
1: it's also trust, right? Like, do I trust someone to come into my business and be touching stuff and messing up stuff? And I'm also, the kingdom. right. And this thought of like, I can do it faster. I can do it better. I can do this. I can do that. Um, but as soon as we let go of this thought that we are the best at everything and we open ourselves up to the the concept that we are actually not, that's really when you start having more freedom and when you start making more money. And I firmly believe that once you hire the first person on your team, they come in, they do a good job, you'll become addicted to it. And you start to see like, yo, I can pay you $25 an hour and I don't have to touch any of this stuff. And then at the end of the month, I pay you maybe $1,000, but you've saved me like 10 hours a week and I'm able to take on more clients. Like you just become... You become addicted to it. So a big part of it is just this fear of the unknown, right? We've never done this before. Um, we started these businesses ourselves. These are our babies, whatever. So just not wanting to relinquish that control is, it's it's a, its a challenge. And then of course, if you see other people bragging about, oh, I was able to scale to this amount without hiring a team, you think, okay, well, that's what you have to do to be successful. Like, well, they didn't hire people. So Don't you might look today. at Right. You look at me, right? And you maybe see my profit percentage and you think, oh, she doesn't make as much profit as the next person. But guess what? I haven't worked a Friday in over a month. Ooh. I'm usually done working by 30, 3 o'clock every Ooh, day. Oh, okay. Right? That was oh. <laughs> <laughs> And You know, and also I want to go back when you said um, the hustle culture and grind culture. So my program is actually called Grindaholics Anonymous because it's essentially like we are addicted to the grind. We're addicted to doing all the work we want to bootstrap everything and so the program is essentially like let's go to rehab right let's let's detox <laughs> from this mindset, right and and see what life is like when we don't hustle all the time when we're not grinding all the time and then see how business starts to look and how it starts to feel for us
0: i love that guys we are definitely going to be talking more about grindaholics anonymous don't you worry. But while we're <laughs> discussing it, make sure you stack in your coins. Like in the next 25 minutes that I got Tatiana, <laughs> get your coins to the side because it's going to be worth it. Um, so what type of money are we leaving on the table when we are solopreneurs? What, what type of coins are we missing in our business when we feel like we have to do everything ourselves?
1: Man, like, first of all, let me just say you're missing money that you don't even know exists yet. Because the thing is, there are going to be certain opportunities that never come your way because you don't have the space and the capacity to receive them. So one, we're missing out on marketing opportunities, right? We could be marketing our products and services on a completely different level if we had support from both a marketing perspective and an operations perspective. But a lot of us, especially those that are in like a service-based business um, position, we are capped, right? We can only take on this many clients and we don't have capacity to take on more. So you can't really focus on marketing because you can't bring more people in. Right. You can't really focus on, um, you know, serving your clients at a higher caliber so that they'll bring people because you're at your capacity. So that's one really big thing. Um, Also, I think missing out on just the opportunity in general to have a life. Like, I feel like that, that should be able to be quantified, right? Like <laughs> we're missing out on the ability to take vacations, to have, um, you know, to be off at a certain time, to be spending time with our families. Um, I have people in my DMs all the time telling me like, Tatiana, I really don't even want to make more money right now. I just want to be able to spend time with my kid. Like I want to be able to take my kids to the park on Friday afternoons. And it's like, these are the types of things that we're missing out on because we're, we're really selling ourselves short by staying in this solopreneur phase way longer than necessary now don't get me wrong there are going to be some business models where it's like maybe you don't need support until a little bit further down the line but that's also the benefit of just talking to an expert because they can help you figure out like when would this be a good decision for me to make for my business oh and we need
0: those answers i think that's a major key guys quality of life you know get rich crew i am all about yes work hard but play even harder life is short COVID-19 made it very clear for us that the world could change in a heartbeat There is no point in having this money, having this access, this power, whatever you want to call it. And you can't spend time with your family. You can't enjoy your life. You can't enjoy being young and fine. Like it's (laughs) unacceptable. We have to do better. That's why Tatiana is here to help us. Um, So I just finished your Escape the Grind workshop. Oh, nice. Loved it. I've got lots of notes. Um, And you were talking a lot about scalable offers. Mm -hmm. So how do we go from making one-to-one
1: money to -to one-to-many money? Like Mm -hmm. help me help us. Right. So first thing I want to say is you can scale one-to-one. It just depends on the way you position yourself within that offer and the amount of support and, um, Uh, Just the amount of you personally that you're giving to your clients, because a lot of times if we could just have a team help us with the onboarding, the offboarding, and maybe like the daily communication that would free us up a lot. Right. But when you are wanting to make that change and and do something differently, there's a couple of things you need to to look at. Right. So we need to look at what type of support are we offering to our clients and customers? How often are we personally having to communicate with them? Um, How are they learning? right? Are they learning directly from our mouths? Do we have to teach everything live to them? Or are there some sort of like pre-recorded curriculum that they can have access to? That's one thing that positions me to be able to um, have a lot more free time is the fact that we invested a lot of time and over five figures in building out the curriculum the right way, right? And so my students are able to go through my program and really learn it on their own. Then they just need me for support. So a lot of us, we're shooting ourselves in the foot because we're building these businesses where our clients can't get results unless it comes directly from us. That's when you get to the point where you're unable to scale, right? Or let's say you run a product-based business, right? Maybe we don't have a set process for the way that we sell, create, manufacture our products, whatever the case is. And so you can't have other people helping you because you're the only one who knows how to do it. It's all in your head. Um, So that would be the next thing, right, is like having really clear processes around the major parts of the business, especially the ones that are closest to like the revenue Um, and having those processes really clearly defined and documented so that other people can come into the business, you can train them and they can easily kind of take some of that stuff off of your plate. Um, And then what else I would so we talked about support we talked about curriculum processes, and then I think the last part would just be overall like what does the operation of the business look like What, what from A to Z, how do we take someone from being interested in working with us all the way to offboarding them, they're, you know, they're making their final payments and they're, they're ready to walk out the door and going through that process and figuring out like, where are the gaps? Where are the holes? What's taking us more time than normal? Um, what, what are the hangups? Where are we constantly getting like complaints or where's their friction and kind of cleaning up all those different things. Those are all things that you can do to be able to market to more people instead of just like one-to-one and to be able to position yourself, to remove yourself from the day-to-day operation a little bit more, you know, day after day.
0: Just that first point of saying that we can scale one-to-one offers. Like, I, I mean, hello, I love it. The <laughs> point of, like you said, the minutiae of it, the small things, if you can offboard that or automate that in a way, then mm-hmm. you still can scale one-to-one offers. Like you can give more time to more people because you're not stuck in like, you know, a bird's nest of little things that you have to do for every single client. Love it, love it, love it. Writing this down. And this is my own damn show and I'm still writing <laughs> it down. Like, let me make an asterisk <laughs> note for that for my <laughs> business. Oh God, it's just so good. Uh, in Escape the Grind, my absolute favorite takeaway. Wait, actually, is Escape the Grind still going to be available to the people or am I just bragging about something they can't <laughs> do? So um, it's it's not. I know, only seven days.
1: yeah it's it's, not available for like maybe a week i was gonna say if if they if they reach out to me directly we we can make something happen but it'll be back in june as well
0: okay good okay cool all right y'all i'm working for you i'm trying to make this happen you're already here on the show so in escape the grind one of my favorite takeaways which is so simple was the task matrix my head was like exploding. Can wow. you tell the people about the task matrix?
1: Yes. I'll, I'll try to explain it without y'all having a visual. So essentially what this tool does, it's my freebie. So you can download it on my website. We'll right, put the
0: link people. in the show notes, guys. I got you.
1: Yes. So essentially what it is, is it's a, it's a tool that's going to help you analyze all the things that you're doing day to day in your business. And it's going to give you the beginning steps of what tasks do I need to start delegating and who should I be hiring on my team? So essentially what you're going to do is make a huge brain dump of all the things that you do day to day in your business. So take a couple of days, make sure this list is super thorough. You've covered, you know, from A to Z, right? Once you have this brain dump, you're going to categorize it into four different quadrants on the task matrix. So the, fa- the first quadrant is going to be the, the task that you like doing that you also do very well. Right. So this is where you're writing, you know, if, if I'm me, right, I'm writing that I love to do, uh, you know, coaching. I love working with my, my clients. Um, I love doing different speaking engagements. I love doing podcast interviews, networking, whatever. Right. Those are the things that I like to do that I also do well. The second quadrant is where you're going to write the things that you um, like to do, but you don't do well. Right. So this is kind of like the toxic zone of the things that we probably have no business doing, um, but we enjoy doing them. So we try to do them anyways. Right. So the number one thing here for me was, um, social media engagement. I love responding to comments, being in the DMs, but I'd be in there for five hours. Like it It gets really really crazy. Five (laughs) hours later, I can't, I need to offboard that. Let me tell you right now. It gets real crazy. (laughs) Um, then the third quadrant is where you're going to write the things that you, um, don't like to do, but you do them well. So this is kind of like if push comes to shove, I can do it, but I prefer to not. So, for me, this is all things like graphics, um, creating slides for presentations, creating the escape the grind workshop slides. Like, I wish I could just <laughs> get it out of my brain and tell someone, and then they would have written it out for me. Right. Then the last quadrant is where the magic happens. So, these are the things that you don't like to do that you also don't do well. So, for me, this is all things tech. <clears throat> I hate doing tech things. I hate, you know, setting up Zoom links, webinars, email sequences, funnels, all of that. Right. And so when you're done with this task matrix, you can kind of take a step back and look at it from a bird's eye view and you can see like the distribution of where you're spending your time. And unfortunately, more often than not, we find ourselves doing way more tasks that we don't like doing that we also don't do well. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this is kind of where you start. This is the first, you know, piece of the puzzle that we want to start to delegate. And so you just look at these tasks and see, like, are there any common trends? Is there a specific role that's jumping out at me? Um, And then, you know, you kind of go from there with the hiring process. And one point I do want to make is the benefit of doing a task matrix or just some sort of task audit, right, is that you're going to avoid making your first hire be that generic virtual assistant. Everybody just wants to jump and hire a VA because just like social media is telling you, you can do it by yourself. They're also telling you to hire a VA in the Philippines, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so, power? Yes, they are telling us to do that. Correct.
1: Right. And so for some people that is going to be a good hire, right? But for someone like you, Asia, let's say, you know, your day-to-day is pretty simple and most of your time is spent, you know, selling your products or doing your drop shipping, but then also editing your podcast, writing show notes, um, optimizing the captions for SEO and all of that stuff. So maybe you go through this task matrix and you figure out actually my first hire, my best first hire would actually be a podcast manager. If I were to hire someone to help me with my podcast, I'd be spending five hours less per week on on that. And I can go, you know, refocus that time somewhere else. So it's essentially just a tool to really educate you on what you actually need and what you don't need.
0: And it was so simple, but it was that, that light bulb aha moment. And I just was it. and I don't have a printer and I went and found a printer so I could get busy on the task matrix guys. I will be linking it. for you in the show notes. And you know what, that's what I've enjoyed so much about like your workshop and just your Instagram and stuff you take these really high level ideas and break them down for those of us who have no clue what you're talking about sometimes. But then I get it, like by the end of the, of the workshop, I said, oh, this is why people have no eyebrows. After- <laughs> because like- It's no so full of information. I'm serious. They, they'll, they'll know when they get in Grindaholics Anonymous, they'll get it. Uh, <laughs> another thing that I loved in Escape the Grind was um the four t's of pricing your offer Mm -hmm. so i find that many women especially minority women and minorities in general struggle with pricing they struggle to price their offers competitively for Mm -hmm. a million and one reasons but a lot of us have a lot of self-doubt we feel like who are we to be teaching this thing or offering it at this price or or just unsure of how to price we don't have people to to go to and look at that are on our level, that are peers at that space. Um, I want them to know respectfully, white women don't have this problem, y'all. They really don't. They mm-hmm. will overprice an offer before they underprice it in a minute. I have done the research, y'all. Trust me, I do this for a living. Um, how can people price their offers correctly, especially in this digital entrepreneurship space? Give me some more scoop about the four T's.
1: Right. Okay. So first, let me say the reason why I even talk about pricing, because I I won't lie. Like when I first started in the whole online space with teams, I was just talking about hiring and how to build a team. Right. But what I found was that a lot of us are trying to build a team to scale a business that's not scalable. Right. And so past having a scalable offer, if your pricing isn't set up correctly, you're going to struggle. Um, to give you an example, I had a client a long time ago who ran a social media agency and she had like maybe 10, 10, 15 clients. Um, but she was only charging each of them between two hundred and $400 a month. And so she's past burnout trying to manage all their social media accounts, but she also can't afford to hire people. Because she doesn't charge enough. She's not making enough money to be able to expense, you know, having a team. And so here are the four T's of pricing your offers correctly, right? So we have time, talent, transformation, and team. So time. When you're pricing your offer, you need to think about how much time it's taking you to get this thing done, to get it delivered to your clients, right? I know we always want to say like, well, we don't want to be charging per hour, which that's not what I'm saying at all. But it's more so, let's say, you know, you're me, right? You run a coaching program. You have a call once a week. You audit homework, whatever. It's really easy to say, oh, well, I only have a call once a week. It's two hours. So it's only taking me two hours a week to run this program no i have to prepare for the calls once the calls are over we have to prepare to you know upload the replays we have to review homework um i have to check in with the students i have to maintain the database of everyone that's in the program to see like where they're at so there's a lot of weekly maintenance that goes into that so i have to price appropriately for my time the next one is talent right So people are paying to have access to your talent, to have access to your expertise. So it's really easy to say, oh, it only takes me 20 minutes to do this because I'm so good at it. So I don't feel like I should charge that much for it. They're paying for the fact that it only takes you 20 minutes. It takes them two hours to do it. They're paying for the convenience. They're paying for the ability to get the shortcut, right? So we have to charge appropriately for that. The third one is transformation. A lot of us are selling, you know, courses, programs, products that transform our clients' lives in a way that far exceeds the amount that we're charging for the, the service, the product, right? Um, when I was pricing my program, uh, my program is six months. A lot of people around me were charging like 3000 to $4,000 less for their programs. However, their programs were very much, this is how you launch this, This is how you, you know, have a a good social social, social media marketing strategy, right? And so I know that the transformation that I'm providing inside of my program will last them for the rest of their lives, for the rest of their business. I'm teaching them how to strategize the support that they need to scale their business to whatever their future vision is. If you want to scale to a $5 million company, I'm teaching you how to think about what strategy you need to implement to get to that point, right? Well, that's a lifelong transformation. And that's why the price is the price. Exactly, right? Because this is giving you a result that's different than your run-of-the-mill program. So we're making a mistake by looking at our competitors, not even our competitors, just looking at other people in the industry and saying, oh, everyone else charges about $3,500 for a 12-week accelerator program. I guess that's what I'm going to do too. But if you're teaching them some groundbreaking- right, high level- Right. Yeah, then your price yeah.
0: should reflect that. Exactly. Okay, got it. That makes total sense.
1: And then the last one is to me, of course, the most important one, which is your team. We think that pricing is all about, you know, being accessible to other people and having payment plans is about being accessible to other people. But at the end of the day, if we continue to focus so much on accessibility, our own vision, our own goals will not be accessible to us. Like we will not be able to get to that point. And so when you're pricing, you also have to think about the fact that you want to be able to build a team. You want to be able to hire support to help you. And you don't want to be limited to just finding people on Fiverr that, you know, can knock out a project for $25. Maybe you want to be able to hire whoever you want to hire, right? So again, when I think about the pricing for my offers, the pricing for my client's offers, they're positioned in a way that anything they want is possible for them. All they have to do is have their operations in order, have their team in order, and they can scale this thing from ten thousand a month to a hundred thousand a month, knowing that these, this is the simple adjustments I have to make along the way so that I can continue to get there. But if your pricing is off, none of the rest of the stuff matters. You can hire VAs till you're blue in the face. If you're charging too little for the things that you sell, the services that you sell, you're never going to scale past a certain point, and you're going to be really confused as to why. And then the last part is some of us wait until we are running a six figure, multiple six figure business. And then we want to try to raise our prices when it's like, well, now you have six figures worth of clients who are spoiled by the fact that you've only been charging them $500 a month. Now you got to worry about, are people going to want to stick with me or not? So get comfortable from the beginning of charging your worth, charging with your company in mind, and not just the fears that you have around charging the right price. That's so all I have.
0: so start now that's what Tatiana is telling us start now make those changes now figure it out earlier in the game versus later and then I just want to add to that the price is the price okay don't sweat uh being affordable to everybody being accessible to everybody I guarantee you there is a customer out there for every single price point don't you know don't get hung up in uh maybe who you're audience is not focus on who your target audience is and what they can afford and what value you are portraying to them if they find your service valuable enough they will find the money to invest in your product so don't sweat being accessible to everybody or being affordable that's not we're not this is get rich or get drunk trying okay not get by or get <laughs> drunk. Trying. We can't just barely trying to make ends meet we're trying to get to the coin right Right. Okay. See, she feeling me and she co-signed it. So that means it's official. So ex- perfect segue to the get rich tip of the week. Give me a tip for the people to get their finances together, whether it be in business or personal.
1: Uh, this one is near and dear to my heart. Because well, I'm it's ready like, for it. <laughs> I'm learning and I'm going through right now. As soon as you get to the point where you're making consistent revenue in your business, you need to invest in some sort of financial support on your team. You know, that, that may look like a money manager, that may look like a CFO, but having someone in your pocket that understands your money, that's doing your reports every week, that's preparing your taxes, all of that, it gives you a peace of mind that I can't even explain. Ooh. Because, you know, a lot of people are, again, right, we're afraid to hire, we feel like we don't necessarily have the money to do that. Well, all I have to do is reach out to my CFO and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about hiring um, an operations manager. Um, I'm not really sure what my budget should be. What do you think?" She'll say, "Hey, let me check, take a look at your budget. I'll get back to you within the hour." So that is like, it next level CEO thinking, right? It has to be more than we're just managing our money on a spreadsheet or we're just looking at whatever Shopify or um, Thrive Card or whatever thing you use to take payments says, um, but having that expert level support, because then guess what? As you begin to become more profitable in your business, you need to learn what to do with that profit. How do I leverage that profit to build personal wealth? How do I leverage that profit to, you know, invest in the business past, you know, your typical coaching and buying courses and programs? Like what can I do with that money to position me at a different level? So that would definitely be my tip is like, Spend the money and invest in somebody to help you with, with your finances.
0: It's worth it. And I think that's definitely a major key. Like, okay, so I'm making all this money. What am I supposed to do with it? You exactly. can pay yourself every dollar that you earn in the business. You've got to figure out where that money goes and outsourcing that to someone who understands numbers in a different way than most of us do. Like most of us are the creative. We're we're the, the judge. Right. Those people, uh, their brains work for numbers and math in a different way. And you wanna hire someone whose expertise and zone of genius is in that space. And that frees you up to be more creative and then make more money. Like, I mean, one hand is watching the other folks. Are you getting the visual that I'm trying to (laughs) give? I'm seeing it, Tatiana is seeing it. I'm seeing Uh, it. Now I wanna talk about Grindaholics Anonymous. First of all, I love the name.
1: Thank you. Uh,
0: It already like was catching my attention. When did you launch the program and give me a little bit, give me a little inside sneak peek to it.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I launched the program in January of this year. Um, It essentially was birthed from all the VIP days that I did last year. So um, that was like my only offer. And essentially the curriculum is similar, except I'm taking you through it in one day and then you leave and you have to go implement it. Right. But then I realized that my clients were wanting long-term support. And so essentially inside of Grindaholics Anonymous, over the course of six months, we take you through getting really clear on your vision, figuring out exactly what you want in your business, what you want your life to look like, what you want your day-to-day to day to look like. And then we begin to model your business after that. So we go through your offers, we refine them, we make them more scalable. We you know, audit just the, the ways that you structure it and how you support your clients um, and position you for growth. Then we obviously go through your pricing and whatnot. We then begin to build your team. So we figure out what are you doing day to day? What things do we need to get off of your plate? And what team do you need on your side to support you through that? So you're building out your full organizational structure for your business, right? Then we start the hiring process. So I'm teaching you um, my full process with all the templates, all the links and stuff included for how to fully hire someone the right way without just going into a Facebook group and saying, I'm looking for a VA and getting 300 comments on the post. Um, Once you've hired your person,
0: say, what is a VA? You're like,
1: oh, I'm in trouble. (laughs) I'm in the wrong. Never. (laughs) Really? Never mind, guys. <laughs> then we take you through the full onboarding and training process of how to do that, right? Um, and then, you know, the goal is that you get through that in the first two to three months of the program so that we can spend the rest of the time on the rest of the curriculum, which is how do you actually manage and lead a team, right? What does day to day communication look like? How do you handle it when they're not working out, when they're not doing what you've asked of them? Um, what types of meetings do I need to be having with my team? How do I keep them motivated? Um, and then the last portion of the program is called relapse avoidance because essentially you've gone through rehab, right? You've, you're recovering from being a grindaholic. You're ready to step into that CEO seat. But a lot of programs miss, how do I stay here, right? How do I leave this program and still feel like I can do this without having access to Tatiana every day? So we talk about how do I identify when I'm slipping? How do I identify when I'm micromanaging, when I'm taking back responsibility? And how do I just stay overall in that CEO seat? Um, So yeah, like I said, it started in January. And so some of the girls that have been in there since then, um, man, they've taken um, first vacations in years. Um, One of them is taking her maternity leave. And that was like a big like fear. Like, can I really have a baby and run a business at the same time? Um, A couple of my agency clients have pulled themselves as much as 80% out of the operation day to day. Um, Yeah. So I always say we brag different in my program, right? Because those are major. That's like life changing, <laughs> right? Like we talk about money because that's the thing. Making more money is not a promise of my program, but it's a natural byproduct. Because when you refine everything on the inside, your capacity increases and you can take on more. But we don't really talk about money too much because we're more so talking about just overall quality of life, right? One of my clients um, just retired from being in her hair salon every day and now she's just running her coaching program on. All- you know, online. So the possibilities are really endless. It's just, you have to shift your mindset and your thinking away from like, how do I keep making money? And more so how do I use the money I already have to help me run an easier business?
0: An easier business. I love it. It's about working smarter, not harder y'all. Like there's just no need when there are coaches out here, and programs like Grindaholics Anonymous, you don't have to do everything yourself. Like so many of us are first-time entrepreneurs, first-generation entrepreneurs. We don't have anybody in our families or our friend circle to turn to. But this is where you turn to the experts. And I love that this started with VIP days, right? Like even my classes, it all came from consultations. I was telling people the same thing over mm-hmm. and over and over. So I was like, well, I need to package this because- I'm answering the same question. So you went from spending a five-hour day to someone and realizing even five hours isn't enough. This needs to be a kind of a, I need to teach you a lifelong skill so that no matter what business you open, you always know how to get in an easier position and work what is it work on your business not in your business yes i love that that's how i want to be that's my dream i'm trying to get on y'all catch me in (laughs) grindaholics anonymous (laughs) come through (laughs) guys. that will be in the show notes of course i will link you to grindaholics anonymous you know i'm not going to leave that out um i need a get rich read because i know you are a reader Mm -hmm. you are passionate about absorbing information so that you can teach it to us What is the book of the week, Tatiana? Hit me.
1: Okay, so this is like the book of the century. It's called... the century, (laughs) y'all. It's called It Doesn't Have to Be Crazy at Work. And it is by... Have you heard of Basecamp? I have not. Have you heard of like Asana, ClickUp? I don't know any of these people. Okay, so... Um Basecamp is essentially like a project management tool but it's a little bit um older. They were kind of around before some of the more trendy ones like most people use ClickUp now which is just how you manage your task day to day. Mm-hmm. But essentially the founders of Basecamp wrote this book and it's called It Doesn't Have to Be Crazy at Work and basically they're talking about like all of the things that we have come to know exactly. and believe to be true about um business. And so they're talking about, you know, having 80-hour weeks and packed schedules and endless meetings and overflowing inbox and how literally none of that has to be your reality. And they just break it down so simple of how and why, like, you can change this, like, in your personal life. So it's a really, really good read. And it's an easy read, too, because I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm not a real reader. Like, <laughs> are you an audible girl? or, or not, not even, like, I... I am the queen of buying every book at Barnes and Noble, reading the first like 30 pages and never put it back out. on the shelf. God, listen, I've <laughs> oh, yeah. been there, but
0: this one is the one. You should have yeah. the book of the century, y'all. It's a must have. Like that's Fun. what happens though when you're a team of one, like I don't need all them systems, but what? I'm about to learn some so that even me being a team of one, I can make my life easier. Okay. I am trying to be down. Uh, guys, I told you <laughs> Top Channel was going to get us together. Go get your task matrix. Um, I'm begging to get Escape the Grind back on the timeline. So just ask me in DMs. I'm going to hook it up. I'm going to get us another seven days. Like, I promise I got y'all because this is a must have. The notes, even the little Q&A section um, where you told the girl for $97, nobody should be emailing you. Oh, I was shook. I loved it so much. That's why I need them to be able to hear this. Uh, I want to thank you, Tatiana. You were fantastic. Please tell the people how they can find you on Instagram.
1: Yes. So you can find me at underscore Tatiana O'Hara. I'm on there all day, every day. So (laughs) that's where I'm at.
0: (laughs) I love it. That will be linked in the show notes. Thank you, babe. It was a pleasure. Thank you. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me this week. I just want to thank again, Miss Tatiana O'Hara. She is such a rock star. And thank you to you guys who subscribe to the show, love the show, connect with me on Instagram at Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying, email me, and I will catch you next week.